Go Farm, you'll find, um, is, uh, is trying to connect you to your local agriculture. And it um, has a very system approach. So we are focusing on both ends of the local food supply chain, the producer through farmer assistance, and then the consumer through consumer access so that everyone, regardless of your income, can um, access healthy food. Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey there, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Wild Zora. This company is owned by husband and wife duo Josh and Zora Tabin, and they are based up in Loveland. And I actually know Josh and Zora personally, and I had the opportunity to tour their facility a few weeks ago. This is such a cool company, and I happened to get hooked on their products well before I actually met the owners. Um, Their ingredients are all natural and amazing. They source everything locally, organically, sustainably grown, and then they package and produce it all there in their facility in Loveland, and they both live in Fort Collins. They've got these great meat and veggie bars, which contain grass-fed organic beef or uh, other meat products, as well as a full serving of fresh vegetables, organic vegetables. Um, The newest product that they just launched, which I'm really fired up about, is their basically just add hot water oatmeal bags. They're perfect for camping, but frankly, they're also just perfect for taking with you to the office and when you're on the go because the bags are meant to hold the hot water. So all you have to do is add some boiling water to the container and you can eat this amazing oatmeal right out of there. It's got dehydrated nuts and berries and coconut and all kinds of good fats and nutrients. It's really amazing food that, quite frankly, fills the gap for many of us when we're trying to eat healthy, good foods when we're on the go. So Wild Zora's website is wildzora.com, and they are offering our listeners a 20% discount on your order using the code HOTMAN, H-O-T-T-M-A-N, at checkout. You can also just click their logo at the bottom of our website, and it will take you straight to a page, but make sure to use that code at checkout. I just want to give one pitch to the... um, specific breakfast cereal that I'm really obsessed with right now. It's called the Palisade Pineapple Mango. They call it a paleo meal to go, and it does contain 10 grams of protein. By the way, for those of you who are anti-gluten, it does not contain any gluten, no grain, no milk, and no added sugar. So when you see these products, you will be a true believer and a true fan just like I am. They also have a butte cocoa banana oatmeal cereal as well as a cliffside coconut berry cereal it's really incredible stuff and having seen their facility and seen exactly how this stuff is made it's fantastic so check out wild zora at wildzora.com use the code hotman at checkout save yourself some money give these products a shot and fuel yourself for maximum enthusiasm and full optimization when you are out on the go in your busy life 
Hey listeners, welcome back. I hope this finds you having an amazing, awesome day. It happens to be a Monday when I'm recording this, and I don't know about you, but I feel like I've done life okay when I actually look forward to Mondays. I certainly don't dread them on Sunday nights, and I think that's a pretty good sign. Mondays always bring hope for a new week and new opportunity to get some things accomplished. I just love digging in and diving in to a new week with those new possibilities. Today's show is, I hope, going to be informative and educational for you. If you've never given much thought to where most of your fruits and vegetables come from, this is going to be a good one. I've been on this quest ever since watching movies like Food Inc. and Forks Over Knives, Food Matters. I recently watched one called In Search of Balance. They're all on Amazon Prime, by the way, if you want to watch them. They're great food documentaries. And I've been on this path and hunt for locally grown organic fruits and vegetables. And I stumbled upon Go Farm about a year ago because they have these giant containers where they distribute their food and they're located in three places in and around Golden and Arvada, Colorado. So I explored some more and ended up becoming a shareholder this year, which means that I purchased a season-long share. And every Thursday, I would ride my bike over to the container near my house and pick up my weekly share of vegetables. And as we talk about on the show, every week those vegetables were different, and quite frankly, 90% of them were the types that I would not have bought at the store because most of them were ones that I was either unfamiliar with, didn't know how to cook them, didn't really think I'd like them, um, you know, insert excuse here. That's actually what was really, really cool about the share is that I would show up and I would pick what the allotted vegetables were for myself that week takes all the decision fatigue out of the equation. You just show up, you pick up your veggies, you get what they give you, and then you go home. At least in my case, I would research all of the cool recipes and ways that I could use these veggies. And quite frankly, it's what I survived on most of the summer with very little of my food then coming from the grocery store. And Getting involved with this as a shareholder then led me to sitting down with Eileen and having a really great coffee conversation that ended up lasting over three hours. And since then, I've become involved with the organization as a board member and also as a donor. And I, I can't say enough about the way that I think an organization like GoFarm could really shape us in our own local communities, shape our local food systems, and also start bringing people back into farming it's interesting because at a recent strategic planning uh, meeting that we had for Go Farm, I learned that there are full-time farmers trying to do this full-time, either on an acre or less or an acre or more. But more interestingly enough, there are basically part-time farmers also doing this who are often people with day jobs, corporate jobs, even sometimes leaving those jobs at the age of 45 or 55 and just doing a complete pivot to this new career as a farmer in this sort of local, non-commercial, very small-scale farming sense. I talk about in the show the connection to the food that I ate, that I picked up from Go Farm, and sort of the emotional sensation and feelings I experienced when I would eat that food, just knowing that it came from within my community didn't come transported from halfway around the globe, and that someone took the time to cut the roots off and wash the vegetable, the fact that it was never sprayed with pesticides, and the fact that someone drove it to a GoFarm container and collected some money for it, and within a day, it was in my house. 
it's pretty special start to finish. And so I hope that you'll learn some things from this one and also that you'll perhaps feel called to get involved with GoFarm. If you're in the Golden or Arvada area, or even if you're not, you can certainly get involved from afar as a donor. Perhaps this will inspire you to start doing some gardening yourself in your own home and seeing what things you might grow for yourself and for your family in the next growing season. So give this one a listen, enjoy. I hope you learn as much as I did. Thanks. It's just Eileen and Megan sitting and having a lovely coffee chat, just like we did, frankly, uh, a month or so ago. And for our listeners joining us this morning, I have the pleasure of speaking with Eileen O'Rourke, founder of GoFarm, which is a local farming and CSA operation based here in Golden, Colorado. Good morning, Eileen. Good morning, Megan. And thank you for having me on uh, this morning. Oh my gosh, it's such a pleasure and honor to host you. And, um, you know, I'm selfishly, I, I surround myself with people that add joy and light to my life. And you are definitely one of those people. Uh, I think the first time we met for coffee, we were there for what, like three hours or something? Yes. <laughs> we had a little too much to say to each other. We did. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. I think this will be fun as well. And the main objective I have today is is both to explore how you came to be the founder of this incredible organization that I feel so strongly and passionately about, but then also, um, you know, we want to talk about the message of GoFarm and how magical and amazing it is. Um, so let me just start by saying, how did you come to be in this place, in this part of your life? Yeah, um, that story could start um, in my childhood. Okay. With growing up on a farm and experiencing in the 1970s um, the demise of family farms as the commercial agriculture took over. And also with that, the um, degradation on the natural resources, particularly streams. Um, I grew up in rural Pennsylvania and um, so it was, it was kind of a sad um, a set of scenarios um, at that time. Um, fast forwarded, and I decided to go into uh, environmental consulting, and I worked mostly with um, uh, large uh, land masses or, or basins to uh, assess land use impacts. And it was really then that I realized that um, how much agricultural use, land use, had an impact on our natural resources. And again, mostly you can see that through the quality and quantity of streams. Um, then fast forwarded a, a little more, I was in my early 50s um, struggling with uh, not having a tangible impact that I could see with my work. And so I was having kind of a personal crisis in terms of wanting to have a deeper connection with the place that I um, am living in. And to me, uh, that really took me back to the, my beginnings of um, working on farms. And 
as a researcher, I went about uh, investigating the, the components and how a local food system actually functions or not. And what offers um, a food system to become really robust. And so with all of those compassions, I ended up uh, going around the country and looking at um, local food systems and which ones were strong and which ones weren't. Um, then landed in Colorado and really dug in um, to look at uh, what, what is happening here in terms of uh, growing food and distributing the food. And as it turns out, there are two very critical gaps in our local food system here along or in Colorado. And also uh, several important challenges. Um, the gaps are that we have a fairly limited supply of locally grown, what USDA calls specialty crops or non-commodity uh, crops. And that, that's where we grow the, you know, the rich, nutritious vegetables as opposed to the large commodity crops of wheat and corn, soybeans. Uh, so one, there's this uh, limited supply that jacks up the, um, the price and limits the other, uh, the, the accessibility of fresh locally grown specialty crops. The other important gap is the fact that there's not um, infrastructure in place to move that limited supply around efficiently. So that too also contributes to the affordability of the food. So with that lens, I, um, I essentially, uh, you know, tried to think outside the box and how we could develop an organization that could really address those gaps so that we could increase the supply of and access to healthy, fresh food to everyone in Colorado. And so Go Farm, you'll find, um, is, uh, is trying to connect you to your local agriculture. And it um, has a very system approach. So we are focusing on both ends of the local food supply chain, the producer through farmer assistance, and then the consumer through consumer access so that everyone, regardless of your income, can um, access healthy food. Oh my gosh, my mind is just worrying as you're talking about all those things. But, uh, you know, to be honest, the the thorough approach that you took is what absolutely attracted me to Go Farm. And I became a shareholder this year and have, have literally fed myself all summer with the share that I pick up each week. And just to give our listeners an example, last night, it's the second to last week, last night I picked up a butternut squash, uh, eggplant, some, I, I think it's uh, parsley, couple onions, uh, red bell peppers, 
And uh, there's a couple other things in there. Oh, a huge, gorgeous head of red cabbage. Oh my gosh, that thing must weigh like two pounds. It's just gorgeous. And every week it's different because it's dependent upon whatever's in season. It's dependent upon, um, you know, did we have a hailstorm, for example, earlier this summer that took out some of the the growing spaces. And so we eat whatever is in season and locally available and is grown by local farmers. And just speaking from my personal experience, the food that I pick up from my GoFarm share is, it's so amazing. It's meaningful. It's intentional. It's sustenance that doesn't just fill my belly and make me not hungry anymore. There's an actual connection to the soil where I live, the people where I live, uh, it's just such a meaningful experience. I mean, it almost brings me to tears because I think that's really as humans what what we're designed to do. And it's not, we're not designed to eat food out of cardboard boxes with 12 different ingredients that we can't pronounce. <laughs> and I think we're seeing the impact that those types of foods are having on our country from a health perspective. Um, and so Eileen, to go back to your point where you said you were just feeling a lack of connection in your work, both in terms of just purpose and tangible um, you know, outcomes, but then also this connection to where you live. Is it safe to say that GoFarm has brought you those things? Very much so. And part of that is because GoFarm is targeting beginning farmers and hyper-local farmers um, who often are, you know, are just starting to figure out farming. And so they need a hand up uh, those relationships have been so fulfilling for me. Um, and Go Farm has the uh, capacity to offer them uh, a, a wholesale market that's normally not um, available to beginning farmers. And so there, there's some real tangible ways that I can connect with my local agriculture, which just has profound impact on my psyche, you know. Um, the other way GoFarm is helping me with that is uh, getting to know communities and the individuals in those communities who are sometimes really struggling. And um, it's nothing like uh, going up to someone and asking them, you know, what are you going to have for dinner tonight? Because it's a commonality that we all have. And the more we can support each other in, in terms of that daily, you know, I call it extraordinary because um, it's, it's ordinary. But when we connect on that level, it's extraordinary. It really is. And, um, and just in the event that the earlier recording didn't pick up, I was sharing my uh, personal experience with the GoFarm Share Collection this summer. This has been my first year as a shareholder, and those shares have literally fed me all summer. And just last night, for example, the share that I picked up included this gorgeous butternut squash, this amazing head of cabbage, bright red um, onions, a couple of red bell peppers. And um, the experience that I have is actually quite emotional, and it, um, it really does sometimes bring me to tears because I think about the actual individual out farming these things in their land, the thought and the care that it took, frankly, even just to wash them and to cut off the stems and to prepare them for my collection. Um, 
that someone intentionally brought them and organized them and, and even arranged them in the trailer for me when I get to go pick out which ones I want. And then I bring them home and there's just such a visceral reaction to those foods, knowing that they were grown here in the same soil that I walk on and they weren't transported halfway across the world. There is this this human connection to the food that I'm eating. And I have to say, it changes the way you approach a meal and it changes the way you approach everything, doesn't it? It really does. It's so fundamental to, you know, our basic need of um, not only belonging, but, you know, food, clothing, and shelter. Um, and so it, it really um, hits the spot, let's say. But Megan, as you're sharing, I, I mean, I'm just getting goosebumps because that is what I was after, you know, when we were trying to create GoFarm. Well, and so let me just tell you this, because as an entrepreneur and as someone who's typically, um, you know, at the top of the food chain, if you will, where, you know, at least in terms of leadership of organizations and things, sometimes those of us in charge who are constantly kind of plowing ahead and after the next objective we don't get the opportunity to get the positive feedback. And so let me just take this opportunity to tell you that if that was indeed your mission, you are absolutely executing it. And I can speak from personal experience. And if, if you're touching me that way, you're touching hundreds of other people that way. And as I told you when you and I first met, you are literally saving and changing lives because as human beings, I don't believe that we were made to consume foods out of cardboard boxes full of ingredients that we can't pronounce. And that's honestly causing a total health crisis in our country. And here you are trying to reverse that trend, not only giving people nourishing, organic, locally grown foods, but then as you said, you're actually trying to sustain people that want to make a go at this smaller scale organic farming. And I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit because I know that you're launching some farming programs. And so in the event that one of our listeners is interested in getting involved, can you tell them more about that? Yeah, um, I would be happy to because it's so exciting. Uh, we received a fairly large USDA grant to expand uh, what we did as a pilot uh, to uh, really provide the training to beginning farmers by providing them access to land and water, as well as one-on-one -on -one mentoring with a farmer and coursework. There's three levels of training. Uh, the apprenticeship that commits to a two-year training program, the intern who commits to a summer working alongside the apprentice, and then the extern who really wants to just delve into the, the coursework uh, before they make a serious commitment to farming. So we are launching that as we speak, and uh, we have uh, two apprentices starting um, this month, and uh, we are really uh, excited about the possibilities there. Right now, we have funding for three years, and from the get-go, we're looking at ways on how we can sustain that program um, in the long haul, too. And one of the other cool things that you're doing, I think, with some of the funding, or at least the plan, is to expand your reach. So right now, you've got three containers here in the Golden West Arvada area, 
And for our listeners, it's worth describing what those containers um, look like because even that's a pretty unique aspect of your model. So will you talk a little bit about those containers and, um, and also talk about you know, your plan with uh, respect to making them um, solar? Exactly. So we use these um, shipping containers and we customize them so that they are refrigerated at a temperature ideal for produce. And we strategically place them in communities to improve access. And they also serve as a way to store the the produce that we get from our farmers and then distribute to the community. We also try to include local artists. So for each container, we uh, have an art contest, so to speak, to come up with a design for the outside of the container that expresses the community that we're trying to uh, serve. So they all look different. Uh, the, the experience of just coming and picking up your produce is one where someone will know your name. Someone will likely ask you what you're um, having for dinner and talking about the farmers who, and their experience growing the food that we're distributing, as well as cooking demonstrations and other opportunities for informing consumers about where their food came from and how it was grown. And so when, um, kind of to pull these things all together, all these different facets of GoFarm, it's my understanding it's really kind of a three-pillar organization where the support of the farmers and paying them a good wage for the food that they produce is a big part of it and and developing more farmers. And then the second pillar is providing this locally grown organic food to people here in the community, specifically Golden and Arvada. But then you have kind of a third pillar that we haven't talked about yet, which is servicing the um, folks that normally would not have access to organic foods, right? Exactly. So, you know, for those of us who are on a tight budget are uh, experiencing food insecurity. GoFarm offers an array of opportunities to make food more affordable. We have discounts, um, vouchers, um, and we do a double up food bucks for those who are on SNAP or formerly known as food stamps. Um, the double up food bucks basically um, For every dollar you spend using your SNAP benefits, you get another dollar to spend on local food. So that's uh, our community access pillar is really where we try to make food more affordable and accessible to everybody on the income scale. Um, And some of the exciting things that we're, uh, we're doing with that is is pop-up markets at locations that are convenient for people with limited resources. And so we're trying to eliminate the transportation issue. For example, we we go to Arvada and Lakewood preschools and Head Starts, and we have um, a market there available to them weekly throughout the season. We also work with Centura Health 
and Lutheran Hospital on vouchers for uh, what we call produce as medicine. So the staff at these health facilities screen for food insecurity. And for those folks that are, are screened positive, they're given a voucher to participate in the GoFarm Share program at any of our locations. And that's honestly one of the things I appreciate most about GoFarm is this all-encompassing approach where you are making it accessible to as many people as possible, not just the, you know, higher income, more affluent populations that would typically shop at Whole Foods, for example. But this is something that you're trying to do to revolutionize everyone's eating um, and access to food that will actually nourish them. Um, and so let me ask you this question then. In a, in a perfect ideal scenario, where would we see GoFarm, you know, two or three years from now? How expansive would this program be and how many, you know, what, what would be like your, your end game or your ultimate vision for this organization? I would love to see GoFarm in uh, communities across Colorado. And I feel like GoFarm ultimately could also build a bridge between urban and rural communities. And that in particular is a, is a critical obstacle or challenge for our state, I believe. And something that I would love to see GoFarm actually tackling. But the, the strategy right now is to grow where we've been planted. And that is we're right now in this Jefferson County and we really want to do, to expand smartly and well. And so that's going to be our focus in the next couple of years. And then hopefully, you know, we'll have the financial backing to expand that across the state. And that dovetails perfectly into the next question I was going to ask, which are, what are GoFarm's needs? How can we as true believers and supporters of your mission get involved? And I want you to address everything from um, volunteer positions to the fundraising effort. And, and I will be sure to post a link to that on the website too, as well as just other ways that people could get involved, even if it's to make sure that they sign up as a share. So tackle it from all angles. Yeah, I think our biggest one, the, the biggest one that falls off the tree first <laughs> is fundraising. And part of that, and, and I'm learning about this myself, GoFarm is four years old. And each year as we get bigger, our fundraising requirements increase. And that is part because we've been so successful with getting big grants to fund programming. So we have a large grant to expand our business model through USDA. We have this new grant for our GoFarm incubator, or our farmer assistance. And we've been well-funded through um, for our community access. What comes with that is indirect cost costs that are not covered by programming cost. And a lot of funders don't want to um, contribute to that indirect cost. They want to target the programming. Sure, but you got to have people on the, on the ground <laughs> doing the work. Right, right. 
Um, and so it's the rent, it's the, the lights, it's the, you know, all of that stuff that um, holds up the, the operations of the organization that we have to raise funds for. At the most, for instance, our federal grants will allow for 10% of um, support for those costs. But, and, and it is, um, as I was saying, as our programming expands, it's um, a direct ratio with the indirects in most cases. So, you know, when we reach a half a million dollar budget, it's um, 10, per, you know, 20, we usually have about 20 to 25% uh, growth in our in, uh, indirects as well. So that's where the need really lies and where the rump, rubber hits the road. So it's an interesting shift because, you know, we've been so um, focused on doing our mission um, and now we have to shift to really focusing on fundraising to support that mission. And so you've got a big fundraising push going right now, which is to raise 50000 and I believe that's by the end of the year, right? Correct, yeah. And that's going to really help you make some strategic decisions about some of that, you know, call it overhead, as you plan for 2019 in terms of just, you know, the staff that you can bring on and and... And other, you know, just back office items that are essential day to day to run your organization. Exactly. So we'll be sure to include a link to that. And I would ask our listeners to think about making a contribution because this is such a powerful organization. Um, but then maybe the second thing you could talk about is uh, what it means to become a shareholder. Oh, so a shareholder commits to a season. And I say a season because now uh, next year we're actually starting winter shares. Um, and that looks a little different than what um, we have been doing through our summer shares and we will continue to do. That's the, where the produce is grown in the front um, range or across Colorado. Really, the growing season starts from about mid-May to the end of October. So for instance, this year, we're just now uh, closing up our summer sh share. And it's an opportunity for the community to commit to their local agriculture, supporting their local agriculture. And they can get online and there's a variety of options. You can do weekly, bi-weekly, you know, different sizes of shares. But it's basically uh, an anticipation each week of um, produce that is being pulled from the, the ground the day before uh, you actually pick it up. And so it's very fresh food. It's some of the highest nutritious food that you could do because, we, because you are receiving it um, quickly right after harvesting it. Which, again, contributes to that just emotional, magical connection I described earlier with the food, because I do believe you can taste the difference. And um, I'll just share that I visited. Um, so, so you know, the next question people typically ask is, so where exactly is this stuff being grown if it's that close and that local? And, and I had the opportunity to, sh to visit one of the largest grow sites that you have here in Arvada, 
um, one of your farmers, or in fact, I think he's your head farming instructor, Sean, is farming an acre or two, and the way he's got it organized and, and you know, lined up, you know, crop by crop, and the way he's circulating the soil, and it's just incredible, and it's it's frankly overwhelming to me as I look at it, just because I can tell how much work it is. But of course, as he said, it's his full-time job. Um, but then he's also farming some people's yards, which have been converted into these gardens, which is brilliant, as opposed to just watering grass with no <laughs> outcome. Um, are there other grow sites that I'm not aware of that are in the area? Are you looking for more land or what's, what's kind of the need there? Yeah. So it's interesting. There... You, you may be surprised with how many farms are just around your corner, um, that there are a number of people who are trying to, what we call, uh, have and produce on urban plots, and they can be less than a half a quarter acre. Um, in Sean's case that you just um, mentioned, he does, he aggregates across front and backyards to come up with about an acre of land available. For the front range, of course, access to land and water is very expensive. And so what GoFarm's trying to do is find opportunities, especially with um, municipalities, where land that they, they want to increase their or um, build up their local food system. And so they are offering land and water um, and what to the what we call the new urban farmer, uh, someone who can't afford land and has probably limited farming skills. And so that's why that's the role that Go Farm is playing, is trying to get these this land linked up with the new urban farmer so that we can have more land in production. And of course, you know, we strive to conserve natural resources um, as an organization and reduce waste and support sustainable farming practices. So all of that in the end um, provides a ton of opportunities to um, do just that. So, um, you know, I hear a lot of opportunity there for individual landowners. Um, myself speaking as an example, I've got four garden boxes in the back. And I know that Sean and your farmers can't be driving all over everybody's yards. I know that that's also not an efficient um, use of space. But if someone has some land or a yard or some, they have connections to, you know, perhaps municipal land use, uh, I, I would assume you would like them to reach out and contact you with those opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would just be um, a, a huge contribution. So fundraising first, and then I would say join as a shareholder, not just as a, as a supportive GoFarm, but take care of yourself as a human if you live in the area and take advantage of these amazing weekly um, food pickups like I have. It, it came in perfect conjunction with uh, my read of Rich Roll's book about ultra running as a vegan. And so I was able to make the shift to a vegan lifestyle very easily this, this spring and summer at, by virtue of having these shares every week. And it's forced me to cook things that I would never have cooked before collard greens and chard and all kinds of, you know, different types of squash. I've had to Google a lot of things, which has been great for me, um, throwing a lot of things on the grill. 
Um, so um, join as a shareholder for sure. Consider the winter share right now or definitely tee up to be a shareholder next spring for the season. Um, third would be land opportunities. And then fourth, uh, I would assume you've got some volunteer positions or some volunteer needs. Um, and maybe that includes your board as well. Are there, are there places where people can get involved that way? Absolutely. So uh, part of the way we keep costs down is to incorporate as many volunteers as possible as part of our distribution primarily. Okay, so when you come to one of our containers to pick up your food, oftentimes you'll have a volunteer um, signing you in or helping, um, you know, display the vegetables for you. And they, they really are, um, they tend to be people who care are compassionate, and they're just darn fun to, to work with. And so if you're interested in that kind of, um, you know, opportunity to please, you know, go on our website. We have a volunteer sign-up um, uh, available for you, and we would love to work with you. As well, our, our board is um, made up of volunteers, and we are always interested in looking for new board members. Uh, Megan, you recently uh, committed to that, and we're, we're just so appreciative of, yeah. And, and so there, we probably have, at this point, um, two board uh, positions that are available. And so we would love to have people uh, Contact me directly if it's a board position. I think all of those are fantastic ways for people to dive in. And certainly as a society, if we want to see our society thrive, these are all really important components. Uh, I recently read Blue Zones of Happiness, um, which is the second to the book I'd read earlier called Blue Zones by a guy named Dan Butner. And he travels around the world looking at, uh, in just the basic blue zones, where are people living the longest? And one of the biggest things he correlated with the people um, who are exceeding the age of 100 consistently and in good health is this connection to community and this volunteerism concept and how that directly correlates with a longer, healthier longevity. And then um, in his Blue Zones of Happiness, he breaks it down even further and says, where are these people not only living long and healthy, but where are they registering on the highest scales of happiness? And these things all contribute. In fact, he talks about six hours of social time with people around you. And one of the problems, as I see it in our society, is the way we eat is rushed. Uh, we are segregated by virtue of cars and distance and you know, even your neighbors, how often do you actually get to talk to them? And so um, you know, reading that book was one of the big reasons I got involved with GoFarm as a board member, not just my personal experience as a shareholder, but this desire to be involved with other people, connecting with other people, and then giving back, being such a huge source of you know, personal fulfillment. And, um, and so I, you know, it's definitely one of my missions to, to help GoFarm thrive and succeed with these amazing objectives that you have set. And uh, for those listeners who aren't on the front range, I hope you'll still consider getting involved even from afar, um, even if something about this project inspires you to perhaps, um, you know, start gardening in your own yard, for example, or even learning more about farming in your own community. Um, Eileen, is there a book or two that you've read about these types of subjects that you would recommend to our readers um, who are interested in knowing more? Oh, man, yeah. 
I, I'm, there's so many, I'm trying to think of one that pops up. I guess the one that I'm reading right now, and I can't give the, I can't recall the author's name, so forgive me, but it's, um, it's called Letters from uh, a Young Farmers, and they're individual letters, and it just gives me goosebumps right now, um, because you know, that to me, it's so important for me to be reading that, to, to stay in touch with what I'm trying to do and, and um, understand the plight and the, the, the challenges and the passion that our, our young farmers have. Um, and, and they're sustaining us um, in, our, in future generations. So, that one. And uh, I apologize. I wish I had all of the information, but I'm sure if we Google it, you'll, you'll find it. Yeah. And we'll post the link to that book on the website for sure with this episode. Um, you know, it's interesting. I come from a family of farmers too, from South Dakota, and we're still tied to a lot of that land and ownership and um, the, the pride and just everything that goes into farming on a non-commercial level. And I would say my eyes were opened to the plight that you're speaking of uh, when I watched Food, Inc., which talks about all aspects of the food system. But one of the specific d uh, discussions that movie has is this commercial farming. And I don't want to name names, but one of the largest um, producers of GMO seeds and things um, essentially trying to shut down all the small independent organic farmers who are still using you know, heirloom seeds as opposed to genetically modified um, and it's also interesting to me that Europe has banned GMOs, and yet they're very um, okay here in the U.S., which I think is, is a huge problem. So, um, yeah, having an appreciation and respect for farmers doing what they do because it's a thankless job, and yet our lives literally depend on it, don't they? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, Eileen, the way I have typically closed out this podcast is to ask my guests, you know, if we fast forward into, I'm a big believer in, you know, beginning with the end in mind. So if we fast forward to the end of life for you and perhaps someone is giving your eulogy, what, what are the things that you hope to leave behind or what is the, the impact or the legacy that you hope you leave? Eileen was a very... Um, creative, passionate woman who wanted to uh, ha or, and had a sense of belonging and a sense of place where she ended up living. Um, that's kind of disgruntled, but um, in, in the end, in, in the end, to know me is to know that I wanted to, to be, um, to make an impact on, with the people and the place that I lived. And you certainly are doing that and will continue to do that. And I know that if we can add some more support around you, your reach can be exponentially impactful. And so it's my personal mission to make that happen. And I hope that our listeners will get involved as well. Um, Eileen, thank you so much for your time this morning. And, uh, you know, we'll be sure to include links to all the things that we've talked about on the website. But um, any closing thoughts or asks or, or, or anything that comes to mind? I, I, you know, just mainly I, I just feel so grateful 
um, for you and uh, this opportunity to share the Go Farm story. Um, thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. We're, um, we're going to save the world one healthy person at a time, right? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> okay, thanks, Eileen. All right, take care, Megan. Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hopman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.